So uh, basically, the main reason that I wanted to do this is that I, even though I have a lot of outlets to talk to people, I always feel like I'm talking about a specific subject, and so I wanted to take an opportunity now that now that I have some experience podcasting and take make a, a separate platform that's just my own, and uh, I wanted to bring you guys in. So Keegan and Amon are here with me because you guys have already done some podcasts with me as well. Yep. And so I just wanted to take this thing that that this file is and uh, see where I go with it. Cool. Just before you begin, uh, I just wanted to point one thing out. No. Doing it anyway. Uh, the three of us have podcasted for a few months now. Yeah. And we know the intricacies of podcasting. We know that there are certain things that you should or shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Now, despite this not being out of what... The first thing Keegan did was slam his glass down on that poster. <laughs> Sorry. That's not calling me out on something. No, I just wanted to point out that this is something that just happened. I forgot. Sure. I'm out of practice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been it's been a few weeks. It's that's been it. three weeks since we did one, so. Sorry, continue. No, that's fine. That's that's basically exactly what I want. I like I I, we've talked before, Amon, about how we have conversations that we feel like we, they should be recorded. Yeah. Uh, I had a conversation with my dad this past weekend that was so interesting that I really wish I had saved. Yeah. Uh, and so I felt like just talking about stuff and and being able to listen back to it and have other people, if they're interested, listen back. Just wanted to talk about stuff that's interesting to me and get other people's takes on it because I often I'll often sit there ruminating on ideas in my own head, and I'm just like, do other people? think this too or is it just me like what's an example uh i've been thinking with with all the stuff i've been doing outside of a nine to five job outside of stuff that i'm getting paid a salary for i've been doing a lot of work like i've been putting effort into stuff right. that i really care about yeah. and that so so how well those things are going for me and how much other people are enjoying them is my definition of success right now I like I have a job and the work that I'm doing is technically fulfilling but it's not necessarily what I want to be doing for my entire life and so it's not how I want to define success personally right now yeah. so I'm yeah so I wanted to kind of talk with you guys about what you think about success what you what success is for you uh, how the podcast that we do fits into that just and then other other stuff as it comes up like Normally on a podcast, if you're talking about a specific thing, a tangent comes up, you'll go like, oh, let's get back to what we were supposed to be talking about. Like, I just, I don't want to do that. I want to, like, focus on the tangents. Cool. So, tangent. It's going to be a, you, you always have the word. Tangential. <laughs> uh, I was going to just call it chaotic. Yeah. It's gonna, this is chaos. Controlled chaos. Yeah. Should, uh, I like it. Just out of curiosity, do you feel you don't have the opportunity to talk? Like, I, 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 I mean, I, I've known you for a while, so... And, and, and in our conversations that we've had one-on-one, like when we've gone for beers one-on-one, they're significantly different than when we're hanging out with, with a group, for example. And I'm just wondering, do you feel that outside of the podcast or, or your, your, your video logs, do you feel you don't really have an opportunity to talk about these types of things? Yeah, well, I, I, it's sort of, I want to, there's a lot of things in the world that lots of people talk about, but that I don't necessarily get, a, I don't really get a chance to add my voice to that. And, I, I get that. 
so there are often times where I'll read something or I'll watch something. I'm like, wow, that's either either a that's a really good point. I didn't think of that, or b wow, I completely agree with that. I think the exact same way. Cool. And so, yeah, I mean the idea the the idea of being able to bounce things off people live yeah. is really appealing to me because I, I, like you mentioned, I, I'm not super talkative in group settings yeah. like big groups but when you get down to one or two people I find you can really well at least personally I can really dig in and I, I agree yeah get some talking done okay so first off I want to start as I mentioned by talking about success like being a successful adult um, I've been told very recently that the fact that I don't have a driver's license right now like I, <laughs> I, I haven't gotten my full driver's license yet means I'm not really an adult even though I'm 26 years old and I can I've been I got my first license when I was 14 so I've been driving for 12 years Um, that's one of the things you have to do to be an adult do you guys like first of all do you think that's a fair assessment you guys both have had your licenses for a while but yeah I don't think it's a fair assessment people don't need to drive I, I think in a place like New York you know, or Venice, where there isn't a need to drive, or a lot of people don't want to drive. A lot of people probably don't have their licenses. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a, a subjective thing. Norm MacDonald doesn't have a license. Oh, did he lose it, or did he never get it? No, he's scared of driving cars. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. No, I... Yeah. Wait, what, what's, what's your question? Is a question that we're, you know, never getting it or, or losing it? Well, I, like, I have no problem getting it. I'm actually, I'm scheduled to take the driving test on Friday. Yeah, well. But. Good luck. I never, <laughs> thanks. I mean, it's I, it's literally, yeah, it's, it's a formality it, at this point. Okay. Yeah, you've been driving a while now. Uh, but I don't care that I don't have it. I never, I have never owned a car. I've never had reason to need to drive a car more than boring my parents, for instance. Yeah. Every once in a while or whatever, but. Yeah, I, I've been fine without it so far. I don't. Well, I'm, I, you know, assuming Keegan's finished with his side, I I do think it's indica- an indicator of success. And uh, you know, maybe just just looking at well, at least between Keegan and I, our, our upbringings are very different in terms of where we're from. And in Elliott Lake, I mean, to go anywhere, you generally need a vehicle uh, because uh, especially town town to town. I uh, and, and you know when I hear. And again, you have to keep in mind, I got my, my, my full license at 18. And like I, as soon as I'm able to get my G1, I got my G1. My G2, I got my G2. So like 16 and 8 months later, I got my G2. Then either 18 or just before I, I, I got my G. Right. So I've had it for a long time. So when I meet people and they don't have a license, I mean, this doesn't even apply to you because you had one. But for people who don't, I am a little amazed because, you know, I, I think – I'm at a point in life, and I've been here for for a while. At this point, where I think, well, what about long term? So, at one point in time, if somebody who hasn't had a license for years, let's say you're 35, you don't have your license, you've never had your license, and you're saying, well, now I want to start. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, there there's certain impacts on insurance, there's certain impacts on on you know your willingness to learn. Right? right, I mean, and and not that it's anything close to the same, but skating, for example, you you yeah. know, I can't skate very well, 
And uh, if I had done it when I was young, when it was more acceptable to learn, it would it, w- it would have been a lot different. But you know, right. I took skating classes at twenty two or twenty three, and I uh, it, it, it's a weird thing. I'm less motivated, so you're less likely to ever get it. I, I would imagine if you don't get it early enough. And the fact that I have a license just shows that I, I'm I'm moving towards that sort of quote unquote adult realm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So so that's my side of it, and. and yeah, it's it's just a different perspective. Interesting. I hear a bunch of studies that say that kids kids learn better than adults do, and they can take information and yeah, and that's why like if you have kids, you have to teach them like start them really early with languages and stuff. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I I hear like around the age of eight is a is a big big thing when it comes to languages in particular. But yeah. but uh, but yeah, I mean. I, I know there are a lot of like especially our generation I think is challenging a lot of conventions and and that's great I I I, I really do like that because you know and, and well Rob you're you're notorious for this too it's just you know if if there's something that's done a certain way no matter how long it's been done that way you of all the people I know would be the first to ask well why yeah you know? <laughs> and, to, and to do it a different way if I if it's all possible and or, and that's it yeah. that's it but but I I think. Despite a lot of people who, who have you know who have challenged conventions who are doing things a different way, I think it doesn't change the fact that a lot of people have a certain perception and regardless of what your reasons are, that little card is still showing that okay, well I've taken that adult step. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've been thinking a lot about caring about what other people think. Um, there is a really, really good, uh, well, I mean, I guess it's just the website in general that's really good, but uh, it's called waitbutwhy.com. Okay. And they have a story on there a few months ago about caring what you think, and they made a, a metaphor of there being this giant mammoth, okay. like an invisible mammoth sitting on your head or something. Like it was it was hindering you from, uh, from being necessarily, who you would be if you didn't care what people thought. Right. And I've always said that I don't care what people think. And, and in the vast majority of social cases, that's true. Like, I really don't. So it doesn't bother me at all that I don't have a license. Like, I'm not getting a license to please the people that think that you need one. Sure. Uh, and so it's the same thing. Like, I don't, I don't care what people think when it comes to getting married, when it comes to buying a house, when it comes to having kids... I, I will do those things when I'm at that point in my life and I'm not going to do it because of any societal pressure to do it. Okay. And I think dri- like driving is the same thing but it's the first in that list of things that like it's just what you do when you're growing up. Like you do them in order. Yeah, that's fair. So are, are those other things indicators of success for you? No, they're not. Not specifically. I mean, I... I it, but you recognize that there's steps in your oh, life yeah, that you yeah. should do. So... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but if they are steps that you think that should be done or will be done or, or, or something you'd be looking at doing, wouldn't the fact that you're progressing along those steps be an indicators, essentially be indicators of success? Yes, although I don't, I wouldn't want to say that someone who had never bought a house wasn't successful. Like okay. that's not, that's not an indication. It's, it's, it maybe goes along with certain types of success, but I don't think that it necessarily. I don't think that if you don't want to have kids, I don't think it means you can't be successful. That's fair. Yeah. Or if you, like, there are a lot of people who, 
probably had valid arguments for the fact that buying a house isn't necessarily a great investment. Sure. Um, uh, like I, I'm certainly in no rush. I still have student debt. I'm in no rush to buy a house. Yeah, I get that. Um, so yeah, it's I don't define success by by those things, but I I know that a lot of people do. Yeah, I guess yeah. Going a bit more on my my my, my just what I just said. I I think regardless of what your plan is if your plan is to eventually like mine was to buy a house mine was to pay off my student loan mine was to get uh, uh, a driver's license and I think maybe success is more related to how fast you accomplish some of your own personal goals yeah but uh, I don't know I'm just spitballing but <laughs> right I mean I my personal goal now is to make something of myself like I, I'm I'm realizing more and more that just having an education isn't enough just putting yourself out there isn't enough like you have to show the world that you're worth something nobody's gonna give you anything and I think at some point in my adolescence I assumed that I assumed that if I went to school at, like in my last year of school or whatever, people would be seeing what I'm doing and, and would approach me about like, oh, this is the next step of your life. Like here's your job card and now you get to start. Mm-hmm. But more what I found is that that kind of did happen, but it wasn't what I wanted. So when I when people were when, like when my my supervisor in grad school was saying, oh, are you going to do a PhD after your master's? Like, no, that doesn't appeal to me at all. I don't <laughs> want to be in school four to five more years. Yeah, yeah. And so, if I had done, if I had stayed on that road, I would probably st- well, I would be finishing up grad school now. But I wouldn't. I all I would be doing is staying on the same path that I didn't want to be on. I didn't want to have a PhD in, in solid state in MR, which is the what I was taking. Right. So having that job card handed to me. Like, it's a very narrow field. If you have a PhD in it, you're going to get a job in it. But I didn't want to work in it. So, yeah, in the last year, I've started getting into media and learning more and more about it. And when I first started, I was like, oh, man, I I can get a job in media. Uh, And then I looked at qualifications, and none of them were what I had. Like, I didn't have any. (laughs) And so it was that was kind of disheartening. But at the same time, it kind of gave me a push to start doing that kind of thing. So I started a couple podcasts. I've been making videos every week for about six months now. It's It's been a really great experiment. And now I look at the same sort of job postings and I'm like, wow, I, I like now I have a year of experience doing those things. Right, yeah. And so with the internet being the way it is right now, it doesn't cost that much money or any money necessarily other than having a computer to do those things which I think has been a really cool change and so I have a really I have a really fun time doing it and I'm learning a lot and I'm learning how to research stuff and I'm learning public speaking which I when I turned 18 I would say that I spoke in public maybe once a month and it would be at school like 30 people would be my biggest audience sure but since going to grad school and giving presentations and then defending my thesis and then now doing this, 
it's it's gotten so much easier and like everything comes more easily once you just start like when i first the first time i ever did uh an episode of future chat for instance it was just like looking back now it was so terrible but i needed to do that to start like it was literally just i I did this basically with but with a a lean towards cell phones because that's what we were talking about that episode and it was so bad because i had never done it before but i really wanted to Okay. And so I had to just start and see where it went. Yeah. Yeah, we, and, and you showed progress through that. Uh, well, through, at least through that little yeah. neural mechanism of what. Sorry, you were about to say something. Yeah, I, f- I find that that really challenging. Being, um, I, I have this thing where I just think I should be good at everything immediately. <laughs> yeah. And I'm finding more and more that it's not. Not so, the case. Yeah. Because for a lot of my life, it was the case. Like, I, I Oh, yeah. Like, like a, yeah. skills when you first grow up, you're like learning how to ride a bike. It's yeah. like, it takes you a couple of months and then you're amazing at it. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with the advent of technology as well, like, or, or the evolution of technology that happened. A lot of it happened as we were growing up. Yeah. yeah. So you were just a natural pro at everything too, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And then, and, um, and I, so I started doing jujitsu like nine months ago and, um, I assumed I'd be awesome at it, but I kept getting like beat up every day, and um, and it really bugged me. And I would go home and and research stuff online or watch videos of how to get better. And I was posting on, online, asking questions, and then so, and just asking like, why why am I not getting better? Why why do I keep getting beaten? Why can't I beat higher belts some of the time? Because we're both just people, you know. And then and someone wrote back and they said something like. If if you could come in as a white belt and beat a blue belt or beat someone who's been doing it for a year or two years or five years, then what's like what's even the point of of those people doing it for that long? You know. Yeah. And so I think there is something that, that I'm, I'm realizing that there's value in doing stuff for a long amount of time to get better at it and to to um, become great. Yeah. It's cool. It's interesting that, yeah, with a physical thing like jiu-jitsu, it's, it's easy to see that you would need to, like, take progress to physically make yourself stronger, make yourself better, like, learn, have your muscles learn the movements that they're supposed to be doing and have it feel natural. Mm-hmm. It, but it's harder to envision that happening mentally, but it definitely does. Like, yeah. your brain has to rewire itself. Yeah. I'm learning Polish right now, and I really suck at it. Or I used to suck at it, and now... I just spent a week with my in-laws camping, and we. I, I like I understood most of what was going on because they yell at each at each other in Polish. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, and so it's, it's neat to see stuff starting to click, and and I find that you gain momentum as you do something. You know, like going from zero to learning a language or zero to learning jujitsu. That's that's like the hardest part because you know nothing and it seems overwhelming. Yeah. And now I feel. After I, I know the basic words, now I'm picking up words faster and faster, and every day I, I learn more than than I would at the start. That's right. Cool. Which is neat. Because you're you know you're in that world. It's like I think it's like anything. Like you're already in the headspace, and and for language anyways. Like now I know the possibility of sounds that Polish words make, and so I find it's easier to pick up stuff. I'm sure it's with a, it's that's like a lot of things. Yeah. I see that in my work, actually, um, because, well, l- like you guys, I was just 
not just very good at what I did naturally without putting much effort into anything. In my previous jobs, anyway, I mean, we're talking about Shoppers Drug Mart, we're talking about the residents. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, and like, for me, to be a resident advisor, well, I was just, in my in my past, I have always been in little, you know, different positions where I was giving people advice, so it was very easy to do that. And then when I started uh, at my current job, you know, I mean, starting off as a temp, it was like, oh, could you just move these things? I mean, I, I, it was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I, I can move things from one file folder to another, or like a new information management system, that's easy. And then gradually it was like, well, could you do this? I'm like, yeah. And, and, and a lot of it, it was just, you know, I, I I was just so curious for a long time. So yeah. it was just, why don't you just experiment? And I know Rob, you and I have talked about just the stupid little bits of excitement you get when a formula works in Excel. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's 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 the smallest thing in the world, but it's like, oh, this if and then statement worked. Yeah. Well, it's more than that, obviously, but it's just like, yeah, it's like, oh, great success. Yeah. Great, yeah. great comma, success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, anyway, but but when I when I competed for my job and got it and, and you know, more and more I became this this HR professional. It was, you know, again, for the first bit, it was like, oh, you know, build this program. Like, that's easy because, you know, occupational health and safety is not a new program. So, sure, let's find out what this department does, this department does. And, and, you know, something you learn in school is take this concept, apply it, you know, for for your environment, and boom, you've done your assignment. So, sure, I did that. (laughs) I took all these different documents and I, I developed a policy. I developed, you know, terms of reference for a committee and stuff like that. I became this advisor. I became the expert of occupational health and safety because I knew how to research. It's pretty easy to regurgitate information. Yeah. Occupational health and safety, I had a bit of a background in that anyway, but but it's it's not hard. You, you go to this legislation and that's easy. It's like, okay, you know, is this safe or is this unsafe or can I do this or can I not do this? I'm like, sure, let me pull this out of legislation. It's easy for me to yeah. find the right article and boom, that's done. But when I got into the labor relations field, that's when I was humbled because that's when you're going to these directors, you're going to these managers, you're going to even employees who are coming up to you and saying, uh, or, or you know, you're meeting with them and, and, and they're saying, well, what can I do in this particular case? And and everything is gray area, right? Yeah. And it's one of those things. Like, I didn't go to school for human resources. I just gathered information along the way. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, 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 as I became more and more involved in that, in, in performance management and in, in, in harassment cases or, or, or what, what have you, disability management, it's like, you know, there are certain things you can, like I can reflexively tell you about a process. That's super easy. But every case is so, so different. And there's so, certain intricacies to be like, yeah, okay, that's how you can treat this other case, but I'm not like that because they're not. And that's when I was like, Holy crap! I really need to pay attention, and I, I, it's I'm starting from zero. Mm-hmm. Is basically what it was, right? And and yeah, to 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 be that person where somebody can confidently call you and be like, they'll know the answer for this gray area thing. Yeah, you you really need to put in a heck of a lot of work. So yeah, I get that completely, mm-hmm. and it's more than just you know these different skills you're trying to learn. These are professions, and you know, I mean, teachers' college. I think a lot of people. I, I'm actually very sure. The majority of undergrads can probably think they can teach at undergrad. And I know a lot, as many people, you know, a lot of people probably say that you know certain aspects of teachers' college is probably a waste. But you know, I think there are probably key competencies you come out of teachers' college with that, sure. that, that, yeah. that gives you that advantage. So in those situations, you know how to react. Where I wouldn't have the same reflex. 
Right. But okay. definitely. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add to that? Okay. <laughs> no, I just I agree with Amon. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe coming back around like I'm realizing more and more in the last year, basically since Matthew McConaughey made his Oscar speech, where he was talking... No, seriously, though. Okay. He made it in his Oscar speech. He was talking about how he he always wanted... I'm going to paraphrase this because it was a long time ago and I don't remember. But he was talking about how he was always looking forward to the 10 years from now version of himself. Yeah, I remember that. And like right now, I define success in a certain way. And it would be like building an audience for these, show, these things that I do. Yeah. But in 10 years, if I have an audience for those things that I do, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, okay, now I'm good. I'm, there's going to be something else. And I mean, so defining success for me has become, it, like it's always going to be evolving. I'm, success for me is going to be setting the next goal yeah. because I've hit my current goal. Personal success. Yeah. I, see. yeah. I don't think anyone really reaches, I think very few people reach point where they they think they're success successful yeah you know I think even we have goals but it's, it's it, I, I always liken it to a video game you know when you uh, finish a video game you're it's boring you know yeah because you're done and so it would be good and I always wish oh I wish there was another level I wish there was more yeah to do and I think people are always reaching goals and reevaluating and setting new goals so I think that that's the tricky thing with success is there it's it's difficult to measure because people are, are consistently are always building mm-hmm. building to, to better things or there's always something more they could be doing and I think it's hard to see uh, like for me anyways last year at this time I didn't have I wasn't even on a supply list I was I didn't have any into school mm-hmm. and I was miserable and and looking back I think I thought then that ideally I would have an employee number with the school board like that would be the best thing I'm sure. set and now this year I do have have an employee number if I'm still miserable because I don't have you know I don't <laughs> yeah, have you a, don't have a the permanent next classroom and then when I have a permanent classroom I'm going to be like oh I, I should be running this place should be a principal <laughs> you know, so I think I think yeah. that's a very a very common thing that people share I like that comparison of video games. That's a it made me it makes me think of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the one that might because Grand Theft too. Auto. I mean, at the beginning of the game, you can't really do anything. But but and Assassin's Creed is another one where it's just like you know when you finish a game, you have all these tools, or especially yeah. Grand GTA, you have all these cars, you have all these guns, you have everything, and the world is yours. Like just the the the, the you know the video game world. Do whatever you want. Take a helicopter. Take a plane. Yeah. Do whatever. Everything is unlocked. Yeah. But you're like, meh. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my old roommate Matt. He he had the game and he beat it and everything. Sure. And so when I came into the game, when I was first exposed to Grand Theft Auto, he had this two story condo. That, like the save point was at this two story condo. Yeah. Parked outside was a sports car and a motorcycle. Like I always started the game fresh with everything. <laughs> so it was just the best experience. I guess so, but but at a certain point, it's just like yeah. oh, I'm done. But and so it did. It get it's, it gets boring a lot faster than it would otherwise. Yeah. But 
I've had experience, especially working in the public service for as long, as short as I have, but for me, it's long. Uh, it's been a couple of years. I see a lot of complacency in certain employees where they're not trying to go up. They're not trying to move. They're, they're sort of happy where they are. Whereas I've never, ever experienced that. I've always been like, as soon as I, I, I'm really excited to figure out how to do something. And then as soon as I do it, I'm like, okay, like what's next? Yeah. I don't just want to keep doing that. I want to do the next That's thing. That's fair. And, and I'm like you, uh, especially career wise, but I, I, I think there are people who are doing that because that is just a means of being successful in their own right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so whatever, I mean, they're not very passionate about where they are, or what they're doing. And it doesn't matter to them. Mm-hmm. It's just that when they go home, then they can, they can become more successful because of this job that they just need to endure. Yeah. Right. I was so, going to say, do you think yeah. those people think that they are successful? I don't know. Well, that's like, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to like, air this is to because like for me I know that maybe at work I seem like that to other people because like I I sit down I do my work whatever's assigned and then I go home like I don't I don't get to talk to people at work like my job is sitting at a computer working in Word and uh, in a bit of Excel so I wanted to bounce it off you guys be like when you're at work are you like excited about a new challenge that you're taking on or are you sitting there thinking that success is something that when you leave work you're going to go and be successful at something else or is it a combination of both like you're obviously still you're still trying to improve yourself you're maybe not necessarily where you want to be career wise yet where you're ready to start maybe decelerating but yeah I I definitely find I think it is a combination of both and I do take pride in my work but I I definitely take more pride in stuff that I choose to do outside of work, and um, and that's how I would measure success for me. If I could, if I had the option of being um, a principal, or if some, if like a genie appeared and he said, "You're gonna live your life and do whatever you want," but right now can make you either a principal or a black belt I would choose black belt because that's something that I'm passionate about and I think that would that would make me feel successful and principal I can work towards it and it'll take time but but I think that what you choose to do is a better measure of success for you for me it's fair yeah I uh uh, that, that, that's a good point. Although, I, I mean, I think the reverse could be true, too, where somebody's like, I just want to become principal so I can get better right. and, and go through the phases of becoming a black belt. Yeah. But no, for, for me, I uh, I mean, I'm I'm always looking for, you know, to evolve in my job, whether it's my job itself evolving or whether it's just me learning, you know, whatever. I... Um, and, and it has. I mean, I started off with one portfolio. I have about five or six right now. That, that's 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 not typical, right? Of, of, of yeah. somebody in my my position. I I was actually I, I was playing tennis with a friend yesterday, and you know this is this is a guy I talked to here and there. And he's a he, I think he's a he was a computer yeah he's a, he was a comp side grad for Perlman, and he was fortunate he got into sort of like a developer type position and you know he like a, a junior type role at, at one organization and he recently just moved to this new organization and he was telling me about that generally 
the growth spurt of, of being a junior developer is that you wait about three to five years, maybe closer to five years, and then, and then you might move up to an intermediate. And then, you know, that's another 10, maybe 15 years or something, and then you become a senior, and that's, you know, closer to the end yeah. of your career. And then, you know, you sort of just take it from there. And he's been doing it for about a year, I think, maybe two. And he's already, he expects to this week become uh, an intermediate. And we were just talking about it in general. And he talked about how he put in a lot of extra hours. And I was like, oh, okay, so, you know, probably overtime, stuff like that. And he's like, no. And it's interesting because I do the same thing. I, at my work, I, I, I mean, let's hope my boss isn't going to listen to this, but I, I put in a let's lot. Let's hope of, they do. <laughs> but I, I put in a ton, like, I, like a, a lot of extra time. Uh, and it's 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 sort of the whole thing of, I mean, you usually think about this with money, but it's like investment and reward. Yeah. And and you can't expect to get much reward if you're not putting in the investment. And the bare minimum is not really an investment. That's sure. that's doing yeah. the bare minimum, right? That's putting in zero. Yeah. So for me, every extra hour, every extra day's worth of work, even. That I do in addition to my regular seven and a half hours or eight hours, or whatever it is, I I feel like that's an investment towards my future. And hit, you know, my 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 friend, he, he says the exact same thing. And because of that, that really paid off for him. I mean, private sector obviously yeah. was a lot faster. Yeah. But I, but you know, in all fairness, even in the public sector, that's really worked out for me too. And, and, and in terms of, I have experience that I really shouldn't have had. Sure. And and I think. Not not to be cocky or arrogant or something, but I think another person in my position might probably wouldn't have had the same opportunities that I I've had. First of all, I don't think the organization would have had done as much work yeah. as it has done because it, it's relieved other people from doing you know these things, so they can do sort of higher level things and stuff like sure. that. And I think you know to become successful or, or what it means to be successful, or or, or especially at, at, at you know, in terms of motivation at work, I think I have no problem putting in all this extra time, and and I don't have any problem, you know, evolving constantly. So I'm always growing. So I'm always looking for that next step and not becoming complacent. Because for me, that investment is what's going to sort of define how my life is going to be in the future. As much as I don't want to focus on a hobby or a passion or something like that, well, ultimately, this is what pays the bills. This is ultimately what's going to define what hobbies I can do in the future, sure. and that's sort of where, where where I'm coming from from that side of things. Versus the people that we tend to see in the public sector, who are just there and sort of become complacent. It's because you know, I mean, first of all, they might not be challenged or, or, or what have you. But second of all, it's 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 a, it's a paycheck that's coming in for relatively easy hours because oh, it's the government of Canada. I mean, yeah. they're not going to overwork yeah. somebody. And, 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 you know, they could be successful in their own right, but, but, but I think the way you act at work is a big indicator of, of, of your success, I think, or, or what, your potential for success. Sure. Do you think that it's always good to put in extra hours? Like if- I, I think it's good for anything. Forget work. Anything. You want to be a good video gamer. That's it. There's an Xbox in front of me. <laughs> uh, put it. You have to put it in a time. What? what uh, I forget who I was talking to about this, but what is it? You need to put in ten thousand hours to become like an expert. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, that was his quote. That's it. There you go. So I, I think with anything, but absolutely with work as well. You know, and, what if it's and, menial labor? If you 
move rocks for an extra hour every day. Or you, you know, what I mean? something, something that's not evolving you as a as a worker. Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, then if if you're the best that you can be at that job, then of course you become complacent. I just don't think that's yeah. the reality of, no. right, of, of most situations. But if you work at an assembly line, yeah, I mean, you can work as fast as you can, and you've reached your peak. And then, it, and then if you can be, become complacent, then well, there's no point in putting in extra work. Yeah. Then you're looking at another career. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've mastered this craft. But, uh, yeah. Huh. I like this. So, are you, Amon, where you want to be? Like, success-wise, so far, would you say that you're where you'd like to be, higher than you thought you'd be? I'm higher than where I thought I'd be. Okay. Yeah. Keegan, what about you? Mm, I don't know. Not just in terms of work, but in terms of everything. Yeah, I, I think, I realize I'm very fortunate but I also have a massively inflated sense of self. <laughs> so I probably, That's important. I'm probably not where I think, or where I thought I would be. Um, but my expectations are unrealistic all the time. That's right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I ever really even projected into the future that much, like, growing up or even five years ago. Like, yeah. I, I'm not... Uh, I don't recall ever imagining my my life ahead of time, which is kind of weird now that I think about it. Well, I, I hadn't either. I just, but yeah. Go so ahead. you just made that up? Uh, I, I, I hadn't back then. I hadn't back okay. then. But but when I started work is where I sort of set, or when yeah, okay. I started okay. to look for jobs right. is, is when I set my expectations. Yeah. As soon as I asked, I was like, I don't. I've never really done that. I don't know where I am in relation to it. Yeah. I, I know. I think everybody sets certain expectations mm-hmm. as soon as they graduate because it's like, oh right. well, where would I like to be? Where, where do I want yeah, to start? Yeah, that's true. yeah, and and I I started high, or I am higher than than where where I thought I'd start or, or what. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely like, higher than where I thought I would start. Yeah, like I assume, not just salary wise, yeah. but position wise and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I assumed coming out of university that that uh, I would be making slightly more than minimum wage like what I was making when I was in university or before university sure so like the the jump from high school graduate life to university graduate life was bigger than I expected that makes sense and so it's, it sort of makes sense to me because when I was growing up I was always like oh man like when I first started working I was working for five ninety an hour yep. this was 10 years ago more than 10 years ago uh, I was like oh so when I graduate I'll probably be making double that maybe a little more <laughs> sure <laughs> I'm rich and, yeah and but so I, I was thinking like yeah that's a lot of money compared to what I'm making now but like I can't you can I could never buy a house on that and so I, I'm glad to see that my expectations were really low on that yeah that's key yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense <laughs> that's funny I, I, yeah, I started at 640 an hour which is min- well, you were from Alberta so it yeah, was obviously was, lower but 640 was the minimum wage for a student in Ontario when yeah. I grew up and uh, and 685 was minimum wage just for everybody else and so when I finally moved out of that student position and I moved into a 685 type role Shoppers Drug Mart paid me something like 749 and I thought I was like yeah, ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. balling <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and then you you look at it well, like now it's pragmatically well yeah <laughs> Well, you look at that pragmatically, and, and you're like, "Yeah, it's a dollar an hour more." And then you look at it like over a week, it's what forty dollars more. That's not a huge deal. <laughs> so, yeah. I threw I threw a fit at not a fit. I 
like um, I don't. I worked at Old Navy as like my second job, I think. And um, one of the supervisors just said something to me and rubbed me the wrong way, and so I quit. And um, and then when I came to pick up my paycheck, the the manager, like the head person, offered me like a twenty cent raise if I came back. Oh wow! Yeah, and I was like, yeah, and I was like, yeah. You said yes. Yeah, I thought I was. I thought I was you uh, threw the pick because you were being mistreated. Not even. Kind of. Some, someone was just like snappy to me. Oh, and I didn't yeah. like the way they were talking to me. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't like your toe. <laughs> yeah. oh, that uh, that something similar happened to me when I was in university over the summer. Uh, I was working at Royal Oak, which is a chain of restaurants, and I was working in the kitchen. I'd been there for two to three weeks, and like I've, I've worked, I'd worked in kitchens before, so it wasn't like I was coming into this with no experience, but. The entire time I was there, because I was only there for about three weeks, what I was training. They they wouldn't let me work an actual <laughs> shift, <laughs> and so Canada Day was rolling around, and they were they had said like, "Don't plan anything for Canada Day because we're going to schedule you." And I was like, "Okay, good. I'm going to like actually get to work." And then they didn't even schedule me for Canada Day. Sucks. Oh. <laughs> I didn't oh, even get brutal. a chance, and so I was. It also turned out that I was leaving. Uh, on July 2nd so the day after for about two weeks to go to Calgary and so the day before Canada Day June 30th I just didn't show up for my shift because I was like I I was just basically boycotting I just didn't feel like getting out of bed that morning and <laughs> didn't want to go so I got a call and I forget if I answered it if I, it was just a voicemail but they were like oh you, you didn't come in where are you and I just ignored it or, or I answered and it was like oh yeah I probably didn't answer I'm assuming but uh, so then I just left and didn't like I went I went back when I got back mid-July yeah. and no management wasn't there that day like it was the middle of the day or something and my pay stub was just pinned to the board like my last my record of employment slash pay <laughs> that was the first paycheck that I got I nice like, work all right, well, cut my losses. I was also working at the keg at the time. Like, it, oh yeah, the keg only opens at five p.m., so I wasn't able to work full time there. Right. But uh, yeah, so that was that was annoying, just because I that yeah, was terrible. I I never actually got to work. I was just being trained constantly. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's annoying. When I will loop. Do you guys want to go in another a little bit longer? Whatever, I'm sorry. Sure. I got other stuff we could talk about. I'm going nowhere. I know you're going nowhere. <laughs> going nowhere fast. But speaking uh, of chaos, what? Why do you catch crabs in buckets? <laughs> have you never caught crabs before? No, I have no, no. idea. The process. I assume it's just bucket related. Yeah, that's weird. Crab that's a bucket. weird callback because that. It's been bugging me this whole time. What do you mean I, this whole time? I thought because you said chaos and then tangents. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'll make a funny tangent. Nice. And I thought of that. And I had to think about it. And I was like, what? Like, you don't use buckets I, to I catch fish. I think in the song, it's actually a metaphor. Yeah. But you got the crabs in the bucket. That's. Yeah, yeah but, cra- but that metaphor comes from a thing, right? Like a crab I bucket. Know. I don't I don't, I don't know what we're talking real. about. It's a chaos song <laughs> from like 2004. Got the crabs in the bucket. You know chaos? Yeah. Canadian artist. Uh, I don't know who that ca- song. Chaos is. Crab bucket. Really? Yeah. Oh. 
was a big deal. <laughs> it was a really big deal. This is I literally know, never crossed my path. I know the words that song down pat. It's not something to brag about. <laughs> it is something to brag about. <laughs> but I don't understand what the bucket is used for in the crab catching process. I think it's just where you hold the crabs. Uh-huh. It's like a green room for them. It's probably a better word for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, crabs are green before you cook them. They turn red ah, after. Really? I don't think so. Oh, wow. That's it's lobsters and they're black. Apparently, <laughs> someone caught a blue lobster. It's like a one in a million lobster. Recently, like last week. Oh, That's cool. it's like a four-leaf clover. Yeah. Did do they sell it as a pet? I don't know. I just read the headline. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend here where Keegan just reads the headline. I do. I'm, I'm really I, bad with that. If I hate the story, like if I like don't really want to read the story, I'll, I'll take in the information in the headline and maybe do what you did and regurgitate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get better. That's something I'm working on. Because I, I, I read, like, a lot of yeah. news, but it's all headlines. Yeah. And so only when something really piques my interest, or I think I can use it for a podcast, then yeah. I'll read it. But I'm trying to get better and read. <laughs> I'm bad for that with Twitter. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. they obviously can't tell you much, right? Yeah. And they want you to click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was off Reddit for a really long time. And then I recently started getting back into it. I found, at, when I was really big on RSS feeds and I was reading a ton, uh, I went to Reddit and it was just like, I actually had, I think I had the top subreddit, is it subreddit, if it's just like top stories, uh, I had the RSS feed coming in and that was just like information overload, <laughs> like I had too much coming in, so I just stopped cold turkey in, but now I'm slowly edging back into it and uh yeah, I really like Reddit, but again, headlines. Yeah. That's where I read all mine is on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Would you guys rather talk about podcasting and your experience with that or TV that's coming up? Because I know I want to talk a bit about Arrested Development and about community. Well, and I also want to know what uh, TV shows you guys are interested in or that are coming up. Sons of Anarchy comes back in two days. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. yeah, catch up on that. I read that headline on Reddit. That's <laughs> alright. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know. That might be. It's my top three. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I I was amazed by it, and like, I don't know. I mean, I I get. I'm really bad for getting like, well, Anna, your wife, Keegan, calls me out on this all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I start something, I just obsess about it until I'm done. It. And and but Sons of Anarchy was the worst example of that. There are seventy nine episodes, about an hour long. Oh god! Watch them in thirteen days. <laughs> I th- think nine of those were working days. <laughs> Maybe eight. Uh, I still went out, so I still saw you guys and, and whoever else I, I was hanging out with. I think I still had a day where I saw like my family or like my brothers or something mm-hmm. like that yet still accomplished that feat but <laughs> you were insufferable because you were just quoting it the whole time and it's all you wanted to talk about you're what? sitting there I, I, I'm imagining this <laughs> oh, I'm imagining you being like oh no oh yeah I, I've just been watching Sons of Anarchy all day and, no it's and now I'm out a friend Sam Crow <laughs> yeah <laughs> Introducing everybody to Mr. Mayhem. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really, really got into it. And it, like, I mean, it's not like bikers. I, I mean, I never really thought too much about no. it. But it was just, it's so much more than that. You know, you got the whole, you know, drug trade. You got the whole, you know, the Game of Thrones aspect of, 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 of 
you know, strategy or political warfare almost. Right. And, and, and it was just, I don't know, there, there was just so much about that show. So I'm really excited for for the final season anyway, and that's, that's really cool. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, when is Arrested Development coming back up? I have no idea. Next spring, I think. They, they just I think announced it's that it's spring. happening. I, I'm excited for that whenever that happens. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Walking Dead. Uh, Walking Dead uh, is sort of fading a bit for me, but... Uh, There's only so much you can do with zombies. And I, Well, I mean, they, they're pretty good with sticking to a venue and, and milking it for all it's worth. Uh, the writers. Okay. Uh, okay. The second, uh, not the character. It doesn't matter. But the, <laughs> the second season was terrible because they were sort of stuck on a farm, and there's not so much you can do with a farm. But in the third and fourth season, they were stuck in a prison, and it was like, okay, well, you know, oh, there's wow. different threats that can happen, or you know, you split the prison or whatever with other people. And yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, whatever. It's it's. It, I, I mean, I, I do enjoy it. There was a. I, I'm I'm a sucker for cliffhangers. Mm. So they're good with cliffhangers. Game of Thrones is excellent for, for cliffhangers, but they just sort of finished up. And I'm kind of looking forward to... I'm going to check it out, uh, Better Call Saul, which yeah. is the Breaking Bad spinoff. I'm uh, I'm intrigued. I like uh, Bob uh, Odenkirk. Yeah, he's, just, just he's as hilarious. A, as a comedian, as a person, yeah. as, a, as an actor. And I'm uh, forgetting the guy who plays Mike, but uh, he's in it as well. So, you know, we'll see. And excited for community Yahoo TV yeah. community. I I think they have more to prove. They definitely do it more. And, and and I think maybe they get more flexibility. I don't know how much net, network sort of impeded on what they wanted to do, or if they, they just yeah they, they well, were caught in a enough. tough situation. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. But I hope uh, yeah, getting the freedom as early as they did in the production schedule. Whenever like I'm also oh, yeah. having the freedom of being on Yahoo, they can just release it whenever they want. They don't have to adhere to any. Well, it's scheduling, especially considering their demographic. Right? Yeah, exactly. How many of us actually do? Any of us have cable? Do you have cable? No, do you? I got so much cable. Oh, yeah. oh you do I have cable now. I got oodles. I don't watch cable. Watch really. right. You yeah. still download? Yeah, and I don't have cable anymore either. Yeah. So I, yeah. But I, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Although now we have Netflix, so that's easier. I don't even have Netflix anymore. Yeah. So there's that. We look forward to you. I just started watching. Bojack's The Horseman. Oh, I've heard Bojack's really good Horseman. things about this. It's really, really funny. Is that right? It's got it's like Archer kind of. That's cool. Instead yeah. of spies, it's horse or animals. <laughs> it's oh, like the characters are animals. It's one of those weird yeah. worlds that it's kind of like the Muppets. Like half of them They're like are, goofy. Yeah, like Goofy's half true. of them are animals, half of them are people. That's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's really funny. I, I really like Rest of Development. I'm rewatching the fourth season nice. for the umpteenth time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'm looking. I think I've, I've talked about this before, but I'm looking forward to how it builds. Like the fourth season got a lot of uh, flack for for not being as good as the first three, but I think the first three were so good because it built off each other, and they were running jokes throughout the whole the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And the fourth is kind of, is starting to build new jokes that will carry into the fifth season. But but more more than that, which is true, it was building its own jokes like the, the ostrich and yeah, yeah. and whatever else. Uh, but more than that, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Arrested Development season four, the whole premise of that at first was we want to tell everybody what everybody's been doing for the past six years. Or yeah. yeah. So yeah, how how can you just be building when you're explaining? Mm-hmm. And they never had to do that before. Right. So we're all caught up. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you. I I see no reason why the fifth season won't be at least closer to the, the standard 
yeah. of quality that we right. expect. I'm also really hoping because production schedules had a ton to do with how that season turned out. Right. So I'm hoping yeah. with people having, again, more warning, they'll be able to work out to like, apparently they were saying that Tobias and Lindsay only ever had like a week maybe of shooting yeah. where they were able to be in the same spot. Oh Lord. So like there was a, there was a long scene where they were yelling across a mansion uh-huh. and like they were yeah. never together That's right. when they were filming that. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hopefully that, that enables them to have more freedom in terms of doing whatever they want. That's creative. I like that. Another show I really like is Archer. I don't know. I don't really follow TV news. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if it's, it's still around or what? Yeah, it's. it's um, I, I like the, the shows that have that are nuanced. Like I like really yeah. like silly, funny shows, right? And I, I understand it's probably a pretty niche market to have like a, a <laughs> vulgar, outrageous, cartoony show that yeah. is still nuanced and has just like little jokes that you probably won't. Yeah. won't even catch some of the times but then when you do it's it's the payoffs uh, it's kind of like Arrested Development yeah well yeah. I can kind of draw an analogy to kids shows where the kids watch it and they'll, it'll just like it'll be funny to them but a lot of things will just go over their head mm-hmm. and I think broad comedies or the nuanced comedies anyways are the, are the same thing where there's a lot of jokes that are like really obvious things and it may even make fans of comedy not like 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 it less because they do such broad jokes. But then shows like Community are, are a really good example in Arrested Development as well, yeah. where there'll be there'll be levels of jokes where you like it takes three or four watchings to actually see everything happening. Yeah, like the episode. A uh, perfect example is the episode of Community where um, there's a whole uh, sub story arc of the couple having the baby. Yeah. I love that one. I didn't see it the first time at all the first time I watched it and someone told me about it. And uh, that's great. Like, that's such a a crazy thing to do. Well, at the... Is it... I guess it's at the end? Or maybe it's around the middle. They they actually... Like, Shirley is like, where you been, Abedo? He's like, I've been... At the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that's... Like, that's a... That's a Shakespearean move right there, right? Like, Shakespeare was, was... an expert, like the, uh, the the best, as far as I know, I, at having something that appeals so much to the masses, yeah. the common denominator, the, 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 the common folk, the yeah. even the poor folk, really, people who were sort of just gathered in front, yeah. but as well as royalty and everybody else who's up there, and, and they're laughing at completely different times for completely different reasons, yeah. and it's 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 phenomenal. But you're right, you know, I mean. The shows that, like I mean, Thirty Rock was very good for that too. I yeah, think. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Arrested Development certainly, and and to a certain extent, Community, where it was like, you know, depending on who's watching it, they're liking it for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I know it sounds it sounds snobbish, but I find that the, the shows that we're talking about, like these comedies, are such a high caliber of writing. They're very tight, yeah. Yeah. and the, the jokes are they're fresh, and it just makes you think of different things and you need to pay attention to get jokes sometimes that it makes um, when I go because my parents sometimes I'll have the TV on they're just sitcoms I don't want to name any names but the big sitcoms yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, uh, unpalatable I can't I can't even watch it and I'm not like a really snobby person but you know when people are like oh 
people drink red wine, but, but I like actually, <laughs> yeah, and like it makes me crazy. Yeah. Well, well that's funny. Big Bang Theory, that's it. Yeah, that's it. We knew. I, we I knew. Think, I think some of the difference though is, uh, well, you guys know my roommate Zach, and a lot of times when he's watching TV, he's not really sitting down watching TV. Yeah. He's cooking. He's doing whatever. So you know when I forget what show we were watching. Uh, but it, it was a show where it's like, oh, you gotta pay attention, or you're watching a movie or, or something like that, and I'm like, oh, you're, you're missing out on all this stuff, yeah. right? And and <laughs> you know, but but you know, for shows like The Big Bang Theory, or, you can leave uh, and come back and, and not miss men. anything. Yeah, you 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 could just hear a joke is sort of building up because it, it's not like quick and witty. Yeah. It's like, oh no, you know it's happening, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I pay attention for the punchline. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to what you're doing. So well, you're used to Keegan. You're used to watching shows and really watching it because that's what that's the beauty of the shows that we just named. Right. Yeah. But you can't do that with Big Bang Theory. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to take it back because I watched a really interesting video yesterday that I found on Reddit uh, talking about Shakespeare. Yeah. And how there's a there's a theater company that that has restored the Globe Theater in. Uh, in England, and I assume I think it's in England, isn't it? Probably. That's where the Globe Theater was. Yeah, I think it was. Definitely yeah. England. Um, yeah, it has to be. Well, yeah, and so the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just off the Thames, I believe. But uh, <laughs> so they're they're putting they're doing modern tellings of stories like like they would do, but they're also having the same actors do stories with original sort of Middle English pronunciation of words. Oh. And it turns out, like, they've done a bunch of research into, into what the words were actually, what they were actually pronounced, like, back in 1500s, 1600s, when he was writing these plays. And it turns out a lot of it, like, rhymes, where in modern English it doesn't rhyme at all. Mm. Oh. And there are puns that, that only work when you're pronouncing words a certain way, right. which is how they were pronounced. Like there's a there's a the the example they use is there's one play and I, I haven't seen a lot of Shakespeare's work so I forget what play it was but where they rhyme the word or with the word hour because they were both pronounced out or mm-hmm. and it was a pun on the word whore they were talking about like from or to or and then from or to or one of them was hour one of them was or but the whole joke like it was a, a set up to a joke that's about prostitutes All right. But in the if you told it with a modern accent, it's just a random Shakespearean, like it, it makes no sense. It's just words strung together. You get that? That's neat. But yeah, that is neat. Yeah, it's it's really interesting that that we tend to think of Shakespeare as this great playwright that told these really good stories. But there's also lots of layers in there that we even miss now because just because of word pronunciation. Absolutely. Yeah. Ha. Huh. Things that don't necessarily seem to rhyme, yeah. They, like, a lot of his plays rhyme when you just you just have to say the words the way they were actually written. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That's neat. I like that. Uh, yeah, so... I don't know that I really had any other TV shows that I wanted to talk about. Oh! I wanted to talk about Stephen Colbert... Moving to late night. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm a big late night fan. Uh, or, I mean, late, late night, night television. television yeah. fan. Have you... It, do, like, do you keep up with the Colbert Report? Not anymore. I, I used to. I, Since he announced that he was... I, well, uh, I, no, no, uh, a while back. But no, I, I mean, when I, when I can, I try to just 
catch the clips of like Colbert Report in 60 seconds, yeah. I think. But. It's good. Uh, they just recently, I don't know exactly when, but because I, I used to just either try to find it online or, or watch it on their website, uh, but it didn't work on phones. Okay. And now it does. So now I can watch it on my commute. Oh. And so it's so much easier. Yeah, that's great. Um, but he's slowly, slowly, slowly transitioning. Every week or every couple weeks, he'll be like, oh, by the way, yeah, so I'm ending my show in December. Uh, he had an interview with, uh, what's his name, Jeff Bridges. Okay. And just like he's inching towards like saying goodbye to the character. And I'm really, really excited for A, his move and how he's going to handle the new show, but how he's going to end the Colbert Report. Yeah, I like call. The same way, uh, I'm not sure if you remember when Conan moved, but... From where to where? From NBC to, okay. well, Conan. So from tonight to yeah. CBS? Uh, but at the end, he had a bunch of money left to spend. And yeah. so for the last week, they just had this like extravaganza where they were just like like throwing money at entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I assume he's going to do something like he's they're already planning like since they found out they've been planning and they're going to do something just massive to like I I, I have to assume that they're going to have to kill off the character do they? what else is going to happen? Uh, that, that's a Col- Colbert-esque type thing to do good point yeah but I, I'm so excited to see how they do it that's a that's a good point <laughs> I uh you know, I, I wasn't so sure about um, like I, I I'm a big fan of Colbert, and you know I I, I remember vaguely I remember him when he was on the Daily Show, like yeah. back when it was actually there. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I've seen tons of clips since then. I uh, but I was nervous. I was nervous when he was moving out and being this character, yeah. being yeah, true. Well, is his real name Stephen Colbert? That's how his family pronounced that's it. And that's what he was before this character, right? Uh, no, he was... Well, his character on The Daily Show was also Stephen Colbert. I mean, before the character. I think his on-camera-as-himself his on, his on camera as himself character has always been Colbert. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah. we're seeing real-life Stephen yes. Colbert. And, but what I like about some of this transition that you're talking about, and I've seen it through interviews in other yeah. areas, is... You're 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 seeing this guy for um, his true wit, yeah. Because oh, yeah. there was a lot of genius, but you don't know how much was the writers. <laughs> but now that I'm seeing his true wit, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, he's yeah. I, like even when you see him in unscripted situations, like not in, in an interview, but just in on a video, whatever. He's he's so quick and he's so smart. Oh, yeah. Everything he does, absolutely. There's I don't. I don't see like there are people who may say him be like oh he's going to be terrible and yeah. what are they, what's he going to do if he doesn't have his personality to fall back on yeah, his, he's got his so much character but yeah he's he's one of those people that like maybe he's not good at everything but this he's really good at right away like right. he will yeah. adapt so fast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I get that no I'm looking forward to it yeah uh, so it, it's it's an interesting thing the the uh, late night environment now. Because I, I, I mean, I for a while I kept up with Letterman as well. I only do here and there, but I mean, I I watch whatever videos are posted on, on YouTube, which yeah, you know, most of them are pretty good at doing. Um, so, but but my top three right now are, are Kimmel, Fallon, and, and Conan, and I'm thinking probably in that order right now. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I love I love Jimmy Fallon, and and it, it, well, it took me a while to to really like him. <laughs> yeah, but I but. Still don't. 
I almost plateaued <laughs> for a little bit and it sort of it, it waned a bit because he's he's a good person for guests. Let's say that much. But you know, you when you see clips of Carson and Car- Carson clips have come up a few times, most recently because of Robin Williams' death. Yeah. Carson was this just witty, smart guy, something that I hope Colbert becomes. Yeah. And, and Letterman was that for, to a certain extent too. But for me, out of Fallon and Kimmel, Kimmel is more of that guy. He's a comedian you're going to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we talk about that with our own podcast in yeah. terms of lasting yeah. value, in terms of recurring bits, yeah. in terms of reasons for people to just tune in every week, even if they don't know who the person is. Yeah. And it's the same thing for these shows, is that I'm tuning into these shows because I want to see Jimmy Kimmel. And not just a monologue. I want sure, to see yeah, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. you know? And and when I see Fallon, I love him for his skits. Oh, yeah. I think the roots yeah. are excellent. But after a while, it's just, you know, you, you can you can be the, the the little boy looking up to your idols so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't see a lot of that wit, a lot of that comedic value that I see in Kimmel. Uh, and, and to a certain extent, the eccentric character you see in Conan. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my thing. But I, I'd be I'm very curious to see what Stephen Colbert adds to the mix. The other interesting piece that I just just recalled is John Oliver on HBO. Uh, I never caught that any of it. Oh man, it's so good. He he gets to tackle things like he does long pieces because it's a half hour, like it's a full half hour. It's on HBO, and he doesn't have any censors to worry about. He they've been posting at least half of every episode on YouTube. Oh, that's great! Yeah. Uh, the most recent one they did last night was on student debt and for-profit colleges like ITT Tech and Arizona or University of Arizona, and like he, he dissects it so well, and it's uh, honestly it is getting up to the level. It's only been on for a couple months, and it's at the level of the daily show for me in terms wow. of in terms of I, that I don't want to miss it. That's serious. Yeah. It's That's it's great. been very good. Do you think they fill do you think the Daily Show or, or somebody fills Stephen Colbert's slot on Comedy Central? Well they're filling it with Larry Wilmore. I did not know that. I told you that. The minority report. Oh this sounds familiar. Hmm. Like, <laughs> I thought that was a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> <laughs> nope. They expunged that. Okay, that was episode one of The Fake It Show with me, Rob Attrell. I really hope you enjoyed listening. You can find this and future episodes at fakeitshow.robattrell.com, which is its permanent, albeit currently barren, home. Uh, If you're interested in hearing more, leave a comment here or at Rob Attrell on Twitter, and I'll be finding the show a more permanent home on social media very soon. Thanks again for your attention, and I'll see you next time.